Hey, this is a Hakawadi production. My guest today is a Saudi influencer, but not in the way we usually talk about influencers. She actually promotes a thoughtful and intelligent lifestyle. She's behind a growing platform with popular accounts on Instagram and YouTube. Please welcome the founder of Sukari Life, Raoum Bani. Hi, Raoum. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I just discovered uh, Sukari dates, by the way, thanks to you. I had one today, in oh. fact, <laughs> when I was preparing for this. They're really good. They're kind of lighter in color than other dates. Yeah, they're my favorite, obviously. Um, they're just like, they're not too big like Majjul dates and they're not too small and dry. Just They're just perfect. Yeah, I'd never heard of them. So... There you go. You, you, I got another benefit from getting to, to know you. So, but how do you describe yourself when people ask you, what do you do? It's honestly very tough for me because like, I don't know what to say, like what represents me the most. Um, but I would say I'm just like, I like to create recipes that are plant-based and healthy. Um, I, I'm a yoga teacher and I like to be active and just eat healthy. Like I, I'm trying to show people that eating healthy and living a healthy lifestyle doesn't have to suck. Like it's, you can actually really enjoy it. And then if you want to have fun every now and then, like that's, that's okay. Yeah. What do you do for fun? Oh God, <laughs> sounds super boring, but I, I read books. I really like reading. Like when I know that I have an entire day that I can just like stay and read, I'm super excited and happy, but I do like dancing. I, I like to go out. I like to meet people. Um, but I also like to stay in every now and then. Yeah, I actually noticed on your website, um, you have a few books that you recommend. And mm. one of them is the Murakami book. And I was about to pick it up the other day, actually. So I, I thought it was quite a coincidence that you have it there listed among like only like five books. Uh, it's called Kafka on the Shore. Have you read that? Yeah, it's my it's one of my favorites. It's so good. It's so surreal. Like if you need something just to take you out from life... <laughs> which I think a lot of us need right now. It's just the perfect read. Cool. I'll pick it up then. I was hesitant because I, I didn't really know anyone who'd read it. So you're not what most... You're Saudi, right? Yeah. You're not what most people think of when they think of a Saudi woman, uh, especially in the rest of the world. You're not veiled. You're a yoga teacher and you make this amazing looking plant-based food, by the way. You always make it look so pretty and delicious. Um, so this has nothing to do with what we usually see in the media. Uh, do you think of yourself as a minority or are we just being misled by the media as to the idea we have of um, the, your generation in Saudi Arabia? Um, it's a little, little of both. There's a lot of women like me here, but at the same time, I wouldn't say it's the majority Um, if you go out in the streets, most women are veiled here. Um, but the media does make it seem a lot worse than it is, I would say. Um, so it's a mix of both. Like the media is not completely wrong, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not, it's not like most women here can do whatever they want, um, because of the culture and traditions and family and all of that. So, but but you're doing, you're quite popular, like on social media, you have at least 100,000 followers on Instagram. Are most of those people Saudi or, or are they from all around the world? I do have a mix of both, but they're definitely mostly Saudi and mostly Saudi women. And I don't get, I rarely get backlash about like the way I dress or the opinions that I share or that 
yoga is haram or any of that. I I do get these like, but they're like once a month, once every few months. So yeah, I was going to ask you about that because not only you're doing yoga, which is based on uh, on other religions, it's an offshoot basically of Hinduism and also a little bit uh, Jainism and Buddhism. So, and we know that in the kingdom, there's not a lot of diversity, right? It's uh, all Islam. So, has so do you get confronted, and and how do you respond to criticism about this? Uh, yeah, it does happen every now and then, um, and it comes in waves. Um, but what I say is that. Yoga originated somewhere around India. They don't know exactly where, but in that area in general is where Hinduism is and Buddhism. And, and all these, even in these religions, like you find a lot of similarities just because they happen in the same um, area. Same thing here in the Middle East. Like we see a lot of mix between tradition and religion just because it get lost in the history. And with yoga, you can take whatever you like and leave what you don't like and what you don't believe in or stand for. And I find it a very good way to align your mind and your body and your spirit. So why not benefit from that? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I've talked about how much I love yoga on the show and I've said the same thing. So can you tell us a little bit about like how you ended up starting basically because you said you're a chef you do yoga but really what you have now is a growing digital platform and basically you're an influencer so how did you kind of start the platform um what were you doing before and was it planned was this something you wanted to do or did you just kind of fall into it by accident uh okay so i started right after i graduated from college um i Graduated. Well, the the my last year of college, I realized that I really don't fit in in this finance world, um, in this business. You know, like this. I was just like I realized that it's not for me at all. Um, so when I came back to Saudi, I was applying for jobs and going on interviews, and I just hated it so much. But I knew that I can't judge something before actually trying it. So I did eventually get a job, but at that time, I already started Sukkari Life. I started with a blog, just sharing healthy recipes, um, some of my thoughts, uh, some photos here and there. And then um, Instagram um, and other like social media platforms. YouTube was the last thing uh, I did because it's just nerve wracking to do YouTube. And especially if you're like putting your face out there um, behind the camera. And share like talking to the camera uh, at least for me it was it was hard to do that but it ended up being my favorite platform and the platform that I connect with people the most um, like even when people meet me out on the street or at the airport or whatever like they give me a hug like that's how much they feel connected because that's what I love about YouTube like even the youtubers I watch I feel like they're close friends of mine, even though I've never met them and I probably will never meet them, um, where you don't really feel that on Instagram or Twitter or other platforms, except like rarely, maybe some people do. Um, so yeah, uh, I did want this to be my full-time job. Uh, it didn't happen. Like I know a lot of influencers, like they weren't planning for it to happen and just like, Like the, one day they just like started getting followers and more followers and more followers until they realized that's something they want to do. Um, but when I started, I did want it to be uh, my full-time job and I wanted to be able to do it from anywhere in the world. Um, 
because I was that's like something I wanted to do like to be able to live anywhere if I had to yeah I think that's what a lot of people are looking for today because you know it's such a nice freedom to have and also I mean people want to travel and it doesn't constrain you to the economy of a specific place um, so how long have you been doing this I think now it's been six years or almost, yeah, I think it's been six years. Yeah. So you've been working on this for a long time, but what I think is cool what you about what you just said, like um, being on YouTube and how it was difficult for you, but yet you have this ease about you because most of the influencers that we think about and that we see, um, especially in the Middle East, have this very like polished, like... Uh, it's a lot based on looking good and you look beautiful. You're amazing. But your focus obviously is more on the content and about this lifestyle that you're promoting. I noticed that you don't wear a lot of makeup. You're not, you know, selling your your body in a sexualized way. How do you um, kind of keep things, walk this fine line between being appealing and aesthetically pleasing and beautiful without falling into this trap of superficiality where you like want to be perfect and you, you want everyone to be like you know kind of you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah definitely um it is definitely tricky and I feel like I skewed to one side the like being authentic uh side at one point in my career or it's not even it doesn't sometimes it doesn't even feel like a career it feels like my life um because it's very entertainable um and and then I realized that aesthetics are important too like you don't have to um what's the word Like, you don't have to just push them away and resent them and be resistant to that because it is part of life and it's normal for humans to be attracted to aesthetics. And it doesn't have to be with your looks. It's just like the setup behind you, um, having the room be a bit tidied up, um, which is usually the case for me, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, I just try to find the middle ground between that. So if I am having a bad day and I don't look the best and I'm vlogging that day, it's also part of my life that... I don't look perfect all the time and I like to share that so people get more of a balanced view of my life. Um, if I can't wake up that day, I do share that just so people, because I feel like on the internet for a while, people start getting depressed from the healthy and wellness content because like they make you feel like that their life is perfect and that they wake up at 5 a.m. every single day and go to bed at whatever time and they eat super healthy, huge salads and exercise and then exercise again in the evening. You know what I mean? And then for you, like you try that for a week and then you fail and then you get mad and upset about yourself because you feel like you're not good enough when in reality you rarely find someone who can maintain that lifestyle unless it's like, unless they're a, an athlete and that's like, that's just their career. That's their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. How disciplined are you? Do you, are you like that? Like, are, do you have days like off days? Because you do seem like, even though you're showing, your show is like a reality show, essentially. Um, it's yeah. so real. It does feel authentic. And we do see you in your natural element. I think your sister seems to be like doing some, some filming for you. Is that right? If she's on the mood, she, yeah. <laughs> yeah, siblings. she cooperates. She, yeah. So, yeah. so do you have off days? I mean, how, like... Are you constantly living this lifestyle that you're promoting? Or so, for example, I was going to ask you this question. Obviously, you're a vegan. You make this amazing looking food um, that like you just talked about. You, you're really good at making it look so appealing that even someone who's not vegan would be like, 
wanting to taste what you made. For example, you had like this banana, blueberry, chocolate pudding. Uh, the way you make it look like with a beautiful bowl and the flower, it's just so pretty. Um, but what's your philosophy when it comes to food and eating? For example, if someone made, like, do you make exceptions? If someone made you a pumpkin pie, for example, and there was butter in the crust, would you eat that? Okay, so <laughs> if it has something that's not vegan... Uh, there's like no way I would make an exception, even if it's like my grandma and she made me like this amazing um, like Saudi dish or whatever. Like I, I wouldn't eat it knowing that there's butter in it. And I'm really grateful that my family members, like even my grandma, like they would never lie to me if there is something that's not vegan in the dish, uh, which I really, really appreciate. So, yeah, in that case, I wouldn't make an exception. But let's just say like if there's like refined sugar in it or... I don't know, like something, white flour or whatever, something that's not so healthy, like, yeah, I wouldn't care that much. But if it has eggs or butter, like, no way. Um, yeah. And I feel like I set, I set the standard at the beginning, and now, like, people know that there's no way I would say yes to something like that. Yeah. So does your, does your grandmother actually now make food to cater to this for you? And secondly, explain why you don't want to eat anything that has butter or eggs. Okay, so... Uh, for the first question, yeah, my grandma, like she, like when I when I go over, like over to her place, she just like has like multiple types of dates <laughs> laid out for me, uh, which I love, and tahina, um, tahini, yum. Um, and then for the other question, yeah, favorite combination. Um, for the other question, um, it's it's multiple reasons. The reason number one, like yeah, if you had something with an egg or milk or whatever once in your life like it's not going to kill you but I feel like if I say yes once it's going to be easy to say yes again and again and again and again and then every time you're offered something you get you have this like debate in your head oh like should I say yes this time or should I say no and then oh but I had a long day today oh she made it for me uh it's so embarrassing for me you know what I mean like it's just easy to say no um same thing with for example like soft drinks or Uh, or like drunk food it's just I find it easier to just like say no all the time than trying to decide every single time and then the other reason um the ethical side of it yeah. makes me mm -hmm. yeah it makes me feel uncomfortable eating it like the health side like you know it's not gonna kill you it's not gonna like raise your cholesterol from this like one egg but the ethical side just makes me feel very uncomfortable um eating these things and It's just not appetizing because like you end up not looking at it as food at all at, at a certain point. So, yeah. Would you say that, that that you feel that way because you've watched a lot of documentaries that have kind of educated you about the way that they raise these farm animals? Yeah, definitely. And it's just it's it's heartbreaking to be like I, I used to make fun of vegans before I went vegan <laughs> and karma got me real good because now I really understand Like, I know a lot of people get angry at angry vegans and activists and, uh, like, they hate that they're shoving these images in their faces on the street or wherever. But I understand where they're coming from. Like, I don't really agree with the approach, but I understand where they're coming from. Because when you see um, these videos of these animals getting tortured and then you see people not even finishing their steak or not finishing their milk or whatever it is, like, it's just... It makes you angry. It makes you really, really pissed. So if there was like one film that really shaped the way that you view the animal product industry, which one would it be? Um, 
Mm, Earthlings was heartbreaking and really eye-opening. And I believe, I think it's for free on YouTube, but you can also donate to the to the movie uh, website. Um, Cowspiracy was really good too, if, if you're more into the economical side of things um, and then more the environmental side of things. Um, and then... I liked Forks Forks Over Knives. It's kind of old, but it's pretty good. And I think it's still on Netflix. Cowspiracy is on Netflix too. So these these three are are good. Yeah, that's a great list. Although I haven't seen I haven't seen any of those. I've seen other ones, but not those. Um, and What the Health probably yeah, got really popular. Yeah. And then Game Changers. Definitely, I saw those too. Those were they're they're great films. And the thing is, people do get angry. They they think that maybe they're biased. But it's funny. It's like why are those film bi- films biased? But then all the other <laughs> stuff you're watching, where people are eating, you know, a steak with uh, whatever they're eating in a movie or whatever it is you're watching, how is that not biased, right? So yeah, everyone is biased at the end of the day. Everyone has a message that they want you to agree with or to see their point of view. So absolutely. It's just like to what degree is the person being biased? Yeah. And also what are the facts that they're presenting and the images that they're presenting and are they legit and are they substantial enough to warrant a blanket statement about certain industries? And then I think in these movies they were. Um, yeah. So but let's talk a little bit about uh, your platform, because I know you recently uh, have kind of launched a an online store. How long ago did mm-hmm. you do that, and what are tell us what you're what you're doing with that? It started in March, and what I wanted to do with it, I wanted to make products uh, that are eco friendly, but at the same time are uh, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, so kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, so that's how it started. Now I'm like trying to branch out a little bit. Um, it hasn't even been a year yet, so I'm taking things slow. Um, working with local women here to design different products. And I'm trying to find more and more local products um, that are made for, by Saudi women uh, to make them easy, easily available to Saudis and for even people outside of Saudi. So what kind of things are you selling? Um, for example, like uh, natural candles, uh, reusable straws, whether it's like glass, stainless steel or bamboo. And then the coconut bowls are really popular. Um, and I really like them too because... You can do a lot of things with them, not just food. Like I like, I have a bunch in my room um, and I just like either put plants in them or I just put my keys and whatnot. Um, what else do we have? I really want to make clothes in the upcoming months, but clothes are a bit tricky. So I'm taking my time, like finding the most sustainable fabrics and um, an ethical factory and all of that. Yeah, I've heard that that's a challenge from people in the fashion industry. So good luck with that. But I think it's uh, I think a lot of people are working on it. So I'm I'm sure you'll find what you need if you, if you keep at it. And that's great. And and I love coconut bowls, by the way. Do they, are the coconuts from Saudi? Like you guys have coconuts? No, unfortunately, uh, they're from Vietnam. Uh, and Vietnam, they have the biggest coconuts kind of in the world. So that's why they make really great bowls. Um, and it's great because it's just discarded from nature. So you're not wasting any resources to make these bowls. You're just re- repurposing something that would otherwise be composted or thrown away. That's true. 
That's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I know it's doing pretty well because I've watched some of your videos and, and you're like sweating it out, trying to package all the orders you're getting. So obviously you're, you're selling well. Um, is it mostly from Instagram or, or from your website? Like I know you had some stuff on your website that you were selling, but I think it like the book we mentioned earlier, but it seems that those have like li external links. So it's a different process. But explain like... Are people buying stuff on websites, like on your website, or, or is everything happening on Instagram for you? Yeah, I still didn't switch to an Instagram store. Like I have an Instagram account for the store, um, but now there is a new feature on Instagram where you can, where people can like purchase things directly from Instagram, I guess. I haven't tried it yet either, but I've seen some of the accounts I follow. I'm, I think most most people come from Instagram, whether it's the Instagram's account, the store's account, or my account, and then Snapchat too as well, a little bit from YouTube. So, yeah. So you have to kind of get like grab people from multiple channels, right? Yeah. So which one is the most effective for you? Would you say? I'm not even sure yet, but I would think I would think Instagram was the most effective. Yeah. So. What advice would you give an aspiring blogger influencer in the Arab world? Because there are so many people in this space right now. How can one stand out from your perspective? Mm, there's like a bunch of things, I guess. Um, I guess finding finding um, an area where where there's missing people like experts on it, but not necessarily like even if you you want to be a makeup artist and we all know that there is a lot of makeup artists in the Middle East, you can still like the way you do makeup, the way you explain makeup is going to be different than anyone else, no matter what, unless like you're copying someone 100%, but still like you have your own style, you have your own views. So even if you are passionate about something that you think is saturated, like still don't be afraid to jump in that. And At the beginning, you might suck, um, and that's okay. Like you're gonna learn with the process. Like I can't, I don't even have the guts to watch the first video I posted on YouTube. Um, but then with with time, you grow, and that's so exciting. Some people start out and they're like perfect from the beginning, um, but most of the people that I've seen like that, they either had a job in the past that had to do with media or they were a photographer before, or they started working with a photographer from the beginning. Um, so you can definitely do that if you want to grow really fast, if you want to turn this into a career um, a bit faster than how it would usually take. Like usually it would take about three years. But now I'm seeing more people start making an income like from the first year. Uh, so and that's the other thing. Don't be afraid of selling things the first year you start on on, on social media, whether that would be um, an e-course, an e-book um, or um like consultations or whatever whatever you feel like people can benefit from you don't be afraid to monetize that from the beginning because it will help you fund this passion more and dedicate more of your time for it yeah that's some great advice and i think what you said at the beginning too is finding a space where there's kind of a a hole like what you're doing i mean i i don't know of many Arab women who are in the space. I mean, in, in the West and especially in the US, it's a huge industry, like you said, the wellness industry. But what you're doing specifically is quite unique, uh, I think. So 
It's, it, I think it really stands out. But you gave great advice. Should people start, you think, who want to get into this business with a website or Instagram or YouTube? You, you said YouTube has been your favorite because like at the end, this is the one where you really connect with people. I feel like I got to know you the best through YouTube as well. Um, is this yeah. the one that you think like people should still be using? It's been around for so for such a long time. I think people have kind of discounted it in a way. And also because, you know, we hear about these problems with influencers not monetizing it the way that they used to. Do you still mm -hmm. think that's the best one to start with? I wouldn't start with YouTube just because it takes the most work. Um, it, it's a lot harder to like shoot a video, a YouTube video and edit it than and post than it's for Instagram. Um, but it definitely does bring um great return but i think i think instagram would be a good way to start uh, especially in the middle east um what, but what i love about youtube sorry i'm like jumping off like back and forth but what i love about youtube is that like you said like yeah it's been around for years so some people think that it's dead but it's it's not um but you know that it's not gonna die out the next few years like it, it happens with a lot of the other apps that got super popular for a while and then nobody uses anymore um it's kind of happened with snapchat around the world but mm. snapchat is like still the most popular in saudi um but you never know like maybe next year everyone's gonna hate it really really i didn't know that no nobody talks about snapchat uh like around here or or none of yeah. no one i know so that's so interesting that's really interesting so w what other projects do you have coming up um i am working on a recipe book and trying to get it done the next like these two months hopefully it will be done um i am trying to expand the store and create more products and test them out and see um see if we can bring them in maybe after two months um and then i, I want to get over with these two projects so i can start working on the other ideas that i have Uh, but yeah, which are, and I'm posting every Sunday now. Um, I want to make a guide for people who want to start YouTube or just want to start making videos, whether it's for Instagram or YouTube, whatever, uh, because I do get asked a lot, but at the same time, I know like making a video is not going to be enough and not everyone is interested in that. Um, just like maybe 1% of percent of the people watching. So I thought that a guide would be more suitable option do you mean like some kind of course like a, a kind of interact or like a video course yeah like series? Mm -hmm. yeah yeah something like that um and now like whenever i get an idea or i notice something i just like go back to that file and write it down so whenever i get around making that um i do that and then the other thing i want to do i want to do like a mini ebook um on how to like style and shoot food because i did learn a lot the last couple of months and I wish that I learned, knew, knew these things from the beginning because I feel like it would have transformed my Instagram um, a lot. Amazing. That sounds uh, like a bunch of great ideas. So I wish you the best of luck with everything and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you and everyone check out Sukari Life and your shop, Sukari Store. You have some really nice things there. So thank you very much. Congrats on everything you're doing and best of luck. Thank you. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can join us again soon in 2021. Happy New Year. Take care.